This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. In 1964, in St. Augustine, Florida, on an Atlantic beach, black bathers were participating in something called a wade-in to desegregate this very segregated beach. And as they were approaching the water and entering the water, there was a whole contingent of white segregationists who had surrounded them although they had kept a bit of a distance, planning to actually attack at a certain critical point. Their strategy was to attack the black bathers after they had waded into the water up to their necks. And what they figured is that most people probably had not learned to swim and this way they would easily be able to drown them. Fortunately, one of the white segregationists more or less jumped ahead of time. And because he jumped ahead of time, the black bathers had not quite gotten up to their necks in the water, although they were in the water. And so one man jumped onto the back of Pastor C.T. Vivian to the point where he had Vivian's face buried underwater in the sand. And Vivian recalls thinking to himself, he said he even laughed and thought, well, I've survived a lot of things up till now, but this is it. I'm not going to make it out of this situation alive. Shortly after that, all of a sudden, he actually does come up out of the water. And what has happened is that a white police officer comes and grabs the white man off of Vivian. And then when Vivian emerges out of the water, the white officer says to him, okay, you're under arrest. And Vivian says, why am I under arrest? This is the one who's the perpetrator. He's the one who has attacked me and pushed my head under the water over here. And the police was kind of shocked because in that region, they were accustomed to only arresting black people. And when Vivian said what he said, the officer had to stop for a second and take pause. It actually made sense. In the meantime, the white perpetrator flew. He ran away from the scene. And the white police officer was not accustomed to arresting white people for any such incidents. However, because of what Vivian said to him, he did not arrest him. In fact, he took him back over on the beach made sure that he got towels and he got everything else that he needed to recover from that incident. So this is just a story in the life of Pastor C.T. Vivian. Pastor C.T. Vivian is one of the icons of the civil rights movement. During the time of Dr. Martin Luther King, he was known as one of Dr. King's field generals. He organized the National affiliates, and he was the director of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference affiliates in 1965. He was very involved in 
organizing also for the March on Washington. He was a very disciplined advocate of nonviolence his entire life. And he was part of Dr. Martin Luther King's inner circle of advisors. He was a Baptist minister. He was the person that Dr. Martin Luther King said was the greatest preacher of all time. And that's obviously incredibly high praise because Dr. Martin Luther King, to me, was one of the greatest preachers of all time. So if he gave that label to Pastor C.T. Vivian, then we need to know who Pastor Vivian is and what he was about. Throughout his lifetime, Pastor Vivian was involved in lunch counter sit-ins, bus boycotts, voter registration drives, community development, all kinds of activities to spark and promote nonviolent social change. He actually grew up in Illinois, and he was the only child of Robert and Elizabeth Tyndall Vivian. He graduated high school from Macomb. He studied history at Western Illinois University before he actually dropped out of that school. And he became a recreation director for Carver Community Center in Peoria. He participated in his first protest to desegregate a cafeteria. It was Barton's Cafeteria in 1947. That was a long time ago because this was a little bit further north and they were successful in that protest and desegregating the cafeteria. He got married first in 1945 to Jane Teague and then later he was divorced from her and got married in 1952 to Octavia Jeans, who was the author of the book Coretta about Coretta Scott King. His second wife died in 2011. Eventually, he went to the American Baptist College in Nashville, and he had an opportunity to hear Dr. Martin Luther King on nonviolence. Prior to hearing Dr. King, Pastor Vivian had already heard about Gandhi's approach to nonviolence, and he was mentored by the same person who mentored Representative John Lewis, and that's the Reverend James Lawson. However, when Dr. Martin Luther King talked about the principles of nonviolence and social change, it clicked for Pastor Vivian, and he understood it at a deeper level, how to operationalize it and how to make it actually real and make it happen in everyday life. In 1960, in Nashville, he participated in the lunch counter sit-in. He also marched to the Nashville City Hall, and he and another person, Diane Nash, actually had a conversation with Mayor Ben West of Nashville. And they talked to him about the fact that racial discrimination was morally wrong. And the mayor, Ben West, acknowledged that what they said was true. So three weeks later, the lunch counters were desegregated. That was yet another victory for nonviolent social change. Pastor Vivian also participated in the Freedom Rides. And as part of that, he said this was a very dangerous and challenging activity to participate in, and particularly in Mississippi. In Mississippi, you could be imprisoned, you could be killed, and no one would ask questions and no one would think anything about it. 
and those whites who chose to kill blacks could do so without any punishment whatsoever. So they did it with total impunity. So there was nothing to stop people from killing others at that time. In one case where he was going from Montgomery, Alabama to Jackson, Mississippi, he was imprisoned in Mississippi, he was beaten by guards, and he was held in the Hines County prison farm. Again, very difficult place to be. Throughout his life, he was involved in situations where police and firefighters attacked the nonviolent protesters with cattle prods, with dogs, with fire hoses, with nightsticks. It was because of some of the brutality and violence, again, that was televised and that was photographed and put in the newspapers that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 came to be and also the Voting Rights Act of 1965. When he was pastor in Chattanooga, he organized a Tennessee contingent for the March on Washington in 1963. And so he's been involved, like I said, in the civil rights movement for many, many years and for a long time. If I look at his credits of positions and civil rights movement positions, in 1960, he helped found Nashville Southern Christian Leadership Conference. In 1966, he was director of the Urban Training Center for Christian Missions in Chicago. And in 1972, he was the Dean of Shaw University Divinity School in Raleigh, North Carolina. He also was part of Black Action Strategies and Information Center known as Basics in Atlanta. He was the founder of that organization, which was focused on workplace relations and multiculturalism. Also with Anne Braden, he was the founder of an anti-Klan network. And eventually the name of that organization was changed to the Center for Democratic Renewal. When Jesse Jackson ran for president in 1984, Pastor Vivian was the national deputy director for clergy for that campaign. He also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2013 from President Obama. In his lifetime, he created and directed an education program that allowed 702 Alabama students to go to college on scholarships. And that program later became what was known as Upward Bound. In 1970, he wrote a book called Black Power and the American Myth. This was the first book on the civil rights movement that was written by a member of Dr. Martin Luther King's staff. He was a nationally and internationally known speaker and even spoke at the United Nations. A PBS special was also done on him and it was called The Healing Ministry of Dr. C.T. Vivian. In 2008, he founded the C.T. Vivian Leadership Institute and this was to create a model for leadership culture. And again, with the idea of exposing the next generations to information that was important for this critical work and for success in doing this work. In an interview with Dr. J.Q. Adams of Western Illinois University, Pastor Vivian was asked if he was afraid in doing all of the things that he did in his lifetime. And he said, I wasn't afraid. The thing you had to worry about is that the people 
who were beating you, including the police, they were the ones who were afraid. And when people are afraid and they start beating you, they don't stop beating you. And because of their fear and their lack of preparation for the situations that they face, they believe that guns solve problems. And therefore, that's their solution. So many times when people were participating in the marches, they had to remember that when the police started beating someone, that they had to all fall on that person as a way of protecting them and interrupting the beating cycle. And often that's what it would take for the police or others to stop the beating. And that's what preserved many people's lives, even though they may have suffered other injury. One of the things that Pastor Vivian said was this quote, nonviolence is the only honorable way of dealing with social change. Because if we are wrong, nobody gets hurt but us. If we are right, more people will participate in determining their own destinies than ever before. This was a quote that appeared in the book at Canaan's Edge, America in the King Years, and the author was Taylor Branch in 2006. So a few leadership lessons that I want to extract from Pastor Vivian's life are as follows. Number one would be prepare yourself spiritually. As a leader, there are many difficult things you have to face and difficult situations that you'll be up against. And it's that inner preparation that provides the supernatural spiritual strength, the peace that you need in walking through these very dangerous situations, and the vision that you need to continue on the journey. And one of the things that Pastor Vivian said is that Martin Luther King's whole inner circle and group, they were all pastors. They were all men who were officially trained in the ministry. And we know that Dr. Martin Luther King was very big on training people. So these were men who had prepared their minds for the spiritual work that they had to do prepare their minds and spirits. So that's number one, prepare yourself spiritually. Number two, I would say be a role model, a role model of courage, a role model of nonviolence, a role model of direct action. And as Pastor Vivian would say, to be committed to death. That time when his face was in the sand and he thought he was facing his death that day, he was willing to die for what he believed in. So be a role model, willing to stand up for what you believe. Number three, walk in fearlessness. If you do the spiritual preparation that Pastor Vivian and others of the time actually participated in, it allows you to walk in that peace without fear. And we know that the Bible says, perfect love cast out all fear. And we know that God is the source of perfect love. Number four, I would say educate and train yourself as well as your community. In all of his life, he was very busy educating and training himself, educating and training students, other ministers. And before they did any marches, before they did any activism, it took at least a year of preparation 
education and training, how to stand in nonviolence and in peace, even as others were being violent against them. This was certainly the way that Dr. Martin Luther King trained all of his people. And what Pastor Vivian would say is that creating a knowledge base at every level is important because you can't have leadership by accident, which leads to the fifth point. If you really want leaders in a movement, you have to prepare those leaders. You can't just throw them out there to the wolves without preparation. And in these early years, people were prepared. So prepare leaders. He further said that early struggle makes a greater struggle necessary. And he was quoting Walt Whitman, one of his favorite writers, when he said that. So every struggle makes a greater struggle necessary. So I am today celebrating the life of Pastor C.T. Vivian, who spent almost a century on the front lines in his life. He lived for 95 years and he served with strength in dignity, the strength of a quiet spirit that was a strong spirit. And I want to close with a quote from him. He said, we have proven we can solve social problems without violence if we choose to. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources. Thank you.